Tabby. And I'm Caitlin, and welcome to Best Friends Book Club. Yeah, so today we are going to be discussing The Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood, one of my favorite rom-coms. It is a fun little rom-com, and we did just want to acknowledge that we did accidentally take a week off. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Sorry, and we didn't actually, like, acknowledge the fact that we're taking a week off, but, um, yeah, we are alive and well. So Lots of life changes. (laughs) Glad to be back. Yeah, so it's mostly my fault. I bought a house, like, and closed on it and repainted the entire thing literally the week before my finals, so... I was busy and I was actually just going to try to do it anyway. (laughs) Seriously, I was like, I can do it. I can do it. And Cole was like, probably Mm -hmm. not. (laughs) Maybe you should just go to sleep. But maybe Um, not. Yeah. So it is my my bad. But don't you worry. We're getting back on track this week. We're back like we never left. (laughs) You'll never get rid of us that easily. So the love hypothesis, so we were going to start off the episode with a quick little synopsis like we always do. And I thought before doing the synopsis, I can go ahead and read the back of the book for you guys. So at the top, it says, when a fake relationship between scientists meets the irresistible force of attraction, it throws one woman's carefully calculated theories on love into chaos. As a third-year PhD candidate, Olive Smith doesn't believe in lasting romantic relationships, but her best friend does, and that's what got her into this situation. Convincing on that Olive is dating and well on her way to a happily ever after was always going to take more than hand-wavy Jedi mind tricks. Scientists require proof. So like any self-respecting biologist, Olive panics and kisses the first man she sees. That man is none other than Adam Carlson, a young hotshot professor and a well-known ass which is why Olive is positively floored when Stanford's reigning lab tyrant agrees to keep her charade a secret and be her fake boyfriend. And when a big science conference goes haywire, putting Olive's career on the Bunsen burner, Adam surprises her again with this unyielding support and even more unyielding six-pack abs. Suddenly, their little (laughs) experiment feels dangerously close to combustion, and Olive discovers that the only thing more complicated than a hypothesis on love is putting her own heart under the microscope. I didn't realize, like, how much of the story she put in the back of the book. Like, you mm-hmm. literally probably could have read that and got the entire gist of the book just from Yeah. That. You guys, there are no surprises with this plot. It's exactly no. what you would expect. The beginning of each chapter, the hypotheses at the top literally tell you exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> yes, and I actually love that she does that. I I'm do, too. talk more about that later. So, Me, um, too. I read some of my books. Oh, I love them. <laughs> So, yeah, we'll go ahead and start off with the synopsis. Do you want to start off the prologue? Yeah, so kicking off the prologue. So Olive stumbles blindly into a random bathroom in the Stanford Biology Department uh, because she's wearing expired contacts because she's a poor college student and they made her vision go like super blurry and she was like crying. Um, She's there to interview for the PhD program and the guy who she refers to as the guy the entire book, um, walks in and asks her why she's crying in his lab bathroom. And so Olive ends up asking the guy if she's cut out for the program. And he tells her that it really depends on the reason she's there. Um, and she explains that her reason for pursuing her PhD is because she has a meaningful research idea and she just doesn't really trust anyone else to um, find the answers that she's looking for. And she goes, do you think that's a good reason? He's like, yeah, that's the best reason. 
Yeah. So that really sticks with Olive. So she does get it accepted into the program. And nearly three years later, she's gotten herself into quite the predicament by kissing a random man in the hallway of her department at night. So she just kisses this guy. When they break apart, she realizes she just kissed Dr. Adam Carlson, who is a notoriously harsh biology professor in the department. And basically, he's kind of like, what was that? And demands an explanation. And she tells him her best friend and fellow research student on thinks she's on a date right now. So she had to make her believe it when she unexpectedly saw on in the building. She had to kiss the first man she saw to prove that she is not interested in um, this guy. She went on a couple dates with his name, Jeremy and on and Jeremy like each other. It's very, it's very middle school to be honest, <laughs> but you know, immature the things we do do to make our friends happy so she really wants on to give jeremy a shot but on has been holding out because of girl code and she's like no really i'm over him so that's the whole reason she lied and said she's dating someone new um basically dr carlson kind of like says jokes about filing a title nine complaint and all of us like oh oh actually like (laughs) maybe don't (laughs) if you could not that would be so great and i'm really sorry and she just kind of like awkwardly leaves (laughs) very uncomfortable yeah like zero follow-up with that she's like cool but hopefully you don't and like walks away um so the (laughs) next morning olive has gotten a response from tom benton who is a research professor at harvard um saying that he wants to meet with her about sponsoring her research project um next year so that's kind of like the whole goal when you're a phd candidate you want people to sponsor your research ideas and so her current academic advisor is retiring soon so her project's going to be without funding unless she can find a new lab which is why she's reaching out to harvard a bunch of other colleges so on confronts olive about kissing dr carlson and she's like hey that was the weirdest kiss i've ever seen in my entire (laughs) life and olive is like yeah i'm gonna lie to her and tell her that we're actually seeing each other so that on will move forward with jeremy on doesn't believe her but dr carlson overhears and steps in and helps sell the lie with olive and he was like yeah that was definitely us on a date So when Anna finally leaves, Olive and Adam, they like, they decide after going back and forth, I think actually a couple days pass, but they do ultimately decide to commit to the fake dating bit. And Olive is like, what are you going to get out of this? Because she knows her reason. But he tells Olive that Stanford right now has a hold on his funding because he's considered a flight risk. And so he wants them to see him as someone who's really committed to staying. And he thinks that like being in a long term committed relationship will help convince them to release that funding for his lab. So they lay out the ground rules for their fake relationship and they set a termination date of September 29th, which will be the day after his funding is released. Yeah. So back at home, Olive's friend and roommate Malcolm is like super pissed at her because Dr. Carlson was the reason his research project was delayed and he had to redo a ton of his work. So if you remember, he is this giant dick that no one likes Um, and Olive hasn't really seen much of that, but um, she basically explains that they're fake dating to make sure that Ann and Jeremy have a chance of being together. Malcolm's like, you're crazy, but all right, I'm into it. Yeah, Malcolm is very much here for like a super supportive. <laughs> yeah, we stand Malcolm. So Olive and Adam have been meeting up for fake dates at the coffee shop on campus to really sell their story. So over the first couple of weeks, they get to know each other. 
And then uh, one week, Olive is walking out with Adam to go prepare herself to meet with Dr. Tom Benton, who is the professor from Harvard. Um, so they, <laughs> they walk outside and they run into Tom and it turns out Tom and Adam are actually friends and Olive is like, oh, um, well, yeah, actually we were scheduled to meet later to go over my project. And he's like, well, why don't we just meet right now? So she feels super nervous and on the spot, but ultimately the interview goes pretty well. And he asks her to submit a full report on her research in two weeks to like, let him like read through everything and make sure it'll work out. Olive um, is working in her lab. She's there constantly. It's all she does. When one of her peers, Greg, gets really mad at her because her boyfriend failed his proposal. And Olive's like, I don't see how that's my problem. He's like, well, you have the opportunity to like stop this stuff. And she's like, yeah, okay. And so she texts Adam later to ask about it. And he defends himself by saying that he holds all the scientists accountable and expects their work to be up to standards. And so Olive gets really in- irritated, basically like bitches him out of her text and sends him a fuck you, which he then ignores and she doesn't hear from him. Yeah. So they have plans to go to the, basically the bio- biology department's having like a picnic and they have plans to meet each other there. So the next time they see each other is there. Um, he hasn't responded to her like rude text. And on is like begging all of her friends to put on sunscreen because you should always wear sunscreen. <laughs> Tabby is like extremely sunburnt. Right yeah, now, don't so. mind me. I actually can't even move <laughs> my body right now. <laughs> So Tabby, this lecture is for you. Um, so she like puts a whole bunch of sunscreen in Olive's hands and Olive is like, I like have way too much. So Ons like, oh, just rub it on Adam because Adam is looking all like cute and shirtless. He's playing some like ultimate Frisbee looking like a beefcake. So he comes over. He doesn't seem to be mad at Olive about the text messages. And as Olive is rubbing sunscreen all over his ginormous muscles, she is like, oh, hot damn. I am like actually into this guy. And I was not expecting that. Later, Olive is once again working late at the lab and she finds Adam in the break room. And so Olive has gone in there to buy chips. She is like a huge fan <laughs> of salt and vinegar chips. Adam has the last bag. He is really sweet, gives it to her. And they end up um, talking on the couch and they discuss Olive's mom who passed away from pancreatic cancer, which is what her whole entire research um, is based off of. It's for um, early detection of the disease and it's super important to her. And Olive tells Adam it's okay if he wants to actually date someone during their fake relationship. Um, and he actually starts to confess something to her and then they're interrupted by freaking Jeremy. God damn Jeremy. So Olive ends up getting her report into Tom, who was like, he completely cut the deadline short by like a week and a half, Um, but she gets it to him anyway. And he's like, meet me at Adam's house to discuss it because he's, since he's friends with Adam and he's from Boston, he's actually been staying with Adam while he's there in California. So he tells her he would be glad to have her at his lab next year. And Olive is over the moon. Like this means the world to her and she wants to celebrate with Adam And they're kind of talking and he says something along the lines of the advice that the guy from the bathroom had said uh, on the day of her interview. And she realizes that, oh, I think Adam is that guy because she couldn't see, but she knew that the guy had a really deep voice and he was tall and he had dark hair. And so she's like putting it together like that was Adam. So Olive asks Malcolm to meet with her at the campus coffee shop because she had that, you know, come to Jesus about 
you know, her feelings for Adam and the fact that he is possibly the guy from her Stanford interview and Malcolm knows all about it. Um, and so she explains that she's too scared to tell him because she's grown so fond of their friendship and can't lose that. Um, and she's asking Malcolm how she would even be able to tell him and she can't stop thinking about him and has a huge crush on him when Adam shows up um, right behind <laughs> her for their weekly coffee date. So he's been listening this whole time. So she goes up to Adam. She's like, did you hear that? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, oh, shit. Cool. (laughs) She lies because she's a stupid little dum-dum. And she says, I wasn't talking about you. I'm talking about a different guy. And he's like, yeah, obviously. Like, he believes her immediately. So that little awkward meeting is thankfully interrupted by Dr. Holden Rodriguez, who is uh, from the pharmacology department. And he shows up to talk to them. He introduces himself as Adam's best friend since childhood. And after Holden leaves, he kind of like was giving some little, you know, embarrassing his best friend, telling little stories about Adam, but he leaves and Adam tells Olive, you know, you're actually really amazing. And I think if you just tell Jeremy how you feel, I can't imagine that he wouldn't think the same thing. And Olive realizes, oh man, like he believed my lie and he thinks that I'm in love with Jeremy. She's like, well, I guess we'll see how this plays out. And so Adam ends up going on a work trip and and he's gone for a while. And Olive realizes how much she misses hanging out with him because they see each other all the time. And at one point she bumps into Holden and chats with him about Adam and Holden um, told all that Adam has been going on and on about this amazing girl and that he's known for years, but was worried to ask her out because they're in the same department and Olive being the idiot that she is <laughs> thinks he means someone else. And that there's no freaking way he could possibly mean her, even though she's putting everything together. And um, so Holden also tells Olive that if she goes to work with Tom next year, that she should watch her back because he doesn't really trust her. And so she's like, Hmm, seems weird, but okay. Olive love her, but she's kind of sweet. Dumb. Olive. <laughs> She, Olive gets news that her abstract has been accepted as a talk for the SBD conference, which is a really big deal. Um, she was only expecting it to get accepted as like a poster presentation, but no, like they scheduled off a block of time for her to chat. Um, and she is super nervous because she is actually terrified of public speaking. So she discusses the situation with her friends and with her advisor they're all super supportive and they're like, you can do it. Like, I promise you. But later when she's talking with her friends, they break the news that they all have rooming arrangements for the conference because, uh, well, on believes that she's really dating Adam. So they thought she would just be staying with him. And so whenever she's talking to Malcolm alone later, she's like, what do I do? Like, do I book my own place or something? And Malcolm's like, I don't know, Figure like, it out. <laughs> but you're on your own. Yeah. Her <laughs> friends are actually not good friends. Um, <laughs> so Adam returns to Stanford and tells Olive that, Hey, don't worry. You can room with me because there's two beds. And Olive's like, mm, is there two beds? He's like, no, there's two beds. And she's like, mm, okay, but are there two beds? Um, And they end up talking about Olive's presentation at the conference. And Adam opens up about how his own advisor was actually abusive and horrible to him in grad school. And so we get a little more insight on why Adam is the way that he is. And it also kind of hypes Olive up too. It comes time for the conference and Olive arrives at the hotel room to get ready for her presentation. Um, So Adam comes in because he's already been there for a day and he is rendered speechless at how good Olive looks because she's honestly like she's a babe. 
she's a babe and her dress actually shrunk a little. So the hemline kind of went up a little bit higher and she's, <laughs> she's showing off them legs. So they realize in that moment when they're talking about her presentation that Adam will actually be delivering the keynote speech in another room at the same time. So he won't be able to go and like all of us disappointed, but she feels bad even being sad because she's like, oh my gosh, his talk is so much more important. So she tells him it's okay because I'm already recording the talk on my phone for my advisor. So you can just watch it later. Olive ends up doing her talk and it goes really well. And she's feeling pretty good about herself. And as she's walking to get her USB drive, um, Tom stops her and was like, girl, you did so good. Um, and then he starts being like a real creepy and shit and starts like hitting on her. Um, and she was like, oh, like, no, thank you. Like tries to go in and kiss her. And she's like, I'm good. Um, and then he like starts telling her how she only got the chance to present because she was sleeping with Adam and basically was like, yeah, and I expect you to start sleeping with me too when you come work for me in my lab, because that's the only way that you're ever going to be a successful blah, 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 being like a real just slimy piece of shit. Yeah, absolutely disgusting. And Olive, of course, is horribly upset by this goes back to her hotel room and just like sobs in the dark by herself because (laughs) she's just been sexually assaulted and harassed. And when Adam comes in, he is obviously concerned like (laughs) to find her like that. And he's like, what happened? And she tells a little half truth because she just tells him someone said she was only chosen to give a talk because she's dating him. Um, she's afraid to tell Adam that it was Tom because of, they have a shared grant that they are basically they're collaborating. And um, she's worried that Adam's career will be harmed if she like ruins this for him. And also he really kind of like sees Tom as a friend. When he was in grad school, Tom kind of like stepped in and helped his experience with his abusive advisor, like not as bad. And so she's like, I just can't tell him. And also when Tom was like spewing all his slimy shit, he told Olive that Adam wouldn't believe her anyway because they've been friends for a long time. Because he sucks. Yeah. Um, So Adam was like, don't worry, I'll cheer you up. We can go eat wherever you want to. And she ends up choosing like a conveyor belt sushi place. And he's like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, And they end up going back to the hotel and they have a really cute heart to heart. um, Just talking more about, you know, his advisor and shit and like how she's amazing. Um, And she kisses him and he's like, whoa, girl. Like, you're not in the right headspace. I don't want you to think I'm taking advantage of you. And she's like, nope, you're definitely not. There's a lot of consent. We love it. Um, And they end up getting it on not once, but twice. Two (laughs) times in this hotel room. Really lovely to read. Yeah, and so they end up staying the night, embracing each other in their arms. How sweet. How cute. So afterwards, Olive asks Adam about his childhood. His parents were diplomats. And so he was kind of just raised by au pairs. And he was like, yeah, he was really lonely until he befriended Holden, uh, Dr. Rodriguez. And as they're chatting more, Olive realizes he's leaving the conference early to interview at Harvard to work with Tom, who is the slimy boy. And so her decision not to tell him about Tom feels even more solidified because she just wants him to be successful and happy and not ruin anything for him. 
he leaves the next morning, like he said he would, um, and Olive has the hotel room to herself, and Ann and Malcolm end up coming to her room to share, you know, what went down the night before. Um, Malcolm and Holden hooked up because they've been fawning after each other for years, um, and Malcolm says that Holden told him Adam's funds had actually been released by Stanford, and she remembers that, oh, today is September 29th, the day that we agreed to break up. And so she goes to meet Adam at his new hotel room by Harvard um, and basically tells him that they should go through the original plan to break up. And he's just like, no, they have a very passionate kiss. And then she's like, actually, yes, we will be breaking up. Yeah, because she's an idiot. (laughs) So Olive goes back to her own hotel and just wallows in self-pity for a while. And then she decides, you know, there's one thing I can take control of here. And that is to ask my advisor to reach out to other labs to to fund my research, because obviously she is not going to go work with Tom after that. So um, later on and Malcolm come by and she is working on editing the recording of her presentation to send to her advisor. And then a recording, it turns out she forgot to stop it after her talk. And it was like three hours long. And it actually caught everything that Tom said to her. So that starts to just like play out loud while her friends are in the room. And they were like, excuse oh God. me, what is that? So Olive just bursts into tears and then tells both of her friends the entire truth, even on about the fact that she was fake dating Adam. Um, So her friends convince her that she needs to tell Adam the truth because he deserves to know that um, Tom, you know, is a piece of shit and they need to decide that before working with him. And so Olive goes to the restaurant that Adam is having his interview at with Harvard and asks to speak with him privately. And as she's telling him, Tom comes over and refuses to let Olive speak alone with Adam. He's like, no, dog, you need to like come back here and finish your interview. He's like, forget this girl. And Adam is like, I will fucking kill you. Um, and so Adam or Olive ends up playing the entire like recording that she had of Tom saying all those terrible things to him. And Adam freaks out and like attacks Tom and like holds him up against the wall, starting to like beat the shit out of him. Basically, they end up like taking care of it. And he like goes off and meets with like the Harvard, whoever he is. I don't actually know what he does. I don't know. Um, Probably like the <laughs> department chair or something I don't know they have a dean I don't know it was like don't worry I'll take care of it yeah he's like I got you so Olive flies back to Stanford with her friends and when she lands she found multiple emails waiting for her to sponsor her research so she is just like hell yeah suck it Tom and later Adam meets up with her um Holden arrives too at the same time they end up going on a double date like super weird <laughs> it was super weird all so Adam, Malcolm and Holden and Holden's like Malcolm Adam you guys need to uh not hate each other because well really Malcolm's the only one holding a grudge Adam doesn't care but he's like Malcolm you need to like get over it because like you can't hate my best friend so they kind of work it out yeah and then later <laughs> Olive is walking with Adam back to her apartment and asks about Tom he tells her they filed a complaint and they're investigating the situation and like they're going to reach out to her shortly to get her side of things and he tells her he doesn't care about the grant or Tom 
And she actually breaks the news to him that she found a lab closer to Stanford. So she doesn't have to move next year, which is awesome. Super cool. Yeah. So Olive admits that she actually realized who Adam was when she met him in the bathroom on the day of her interview. And he confesses that he'd been thinking of her ever since, like a, like a real creep. He's yeah. been watching her from the shadows. <laughs> and Olive tells Adam that she lied when she said she had feelings for someone else. And then um, at the very end, confesses that she loves him. It's in a different language, so it didn't really hit as hard, but she did say that she loved him. <laughs> it um, It is cute, though, because it's it was cute. in Dutch. Because he, he speaks, Dutch. speaks Dutch. Yes. So then the epilogue takes place 10 months later, and it talks about Olive and Adam recreating their very first kiss in the hallway at the exact same time it took place a year prior. So it's yeah. a really sweet little wrap-up moment. <laughs> the perfect ending to a rom-com. The end. So let's talk wow. about it. <laughs> let's. So first of all, what would you rate it? I don't know. Okay, so the first time, okay, the first time I read it, I would probably have given it like a 7 out of 10. It was a cute rom-com, loved it. The second time reading it, I'd probably rate it lower (laughs) because I didn't (laughs) realize how cringy it was. It is. But at times I'd probably do like a 6 out of 10. That is totally fair. I was thinking like, I always kind of think of my ratings in terms of like Goodreads, like five stars. So I think on a scale of five stars, for me, it's like a 3.7. Yeah. Like three and, and I would round it up to a four. But this was my first time reading it. So maybe if I read it again, it would be lower. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it had its good it. parts and it had its bad parts. It's very much like watching a bad hallmark movie like i don't know how yeah. many times you can rewatch it but you feel good the first time you watch it for sure and then the and second time you're like i probably is. won't do this again <laughs> yeah and you're like i i loved it but i think i want to just keep it how it was in my memory and not not ruin anything thanks for the memories <laughs> <laughs> yeah um have a great summer love you my last so the kind of the book itself is a parody of a rom-com like it knows that it's cheesy it knows that it's cringy sometimes yeah um it is very much like there are times that olive will break the fourth wall she'll say when they first start fake dating she refers to it as like a trope in rom-coms and adam is like i don't know what does that even mean And she's like, you know, because like they the fake dating and then they fall in love. And he's like, no, I, I don't know what you're talking about. But he was probably secretly like, fuck, yeah, let's do it then. Like, I fucking um, love this shit. <laughs> <laughs> and also later with the hotel room, um, he says there's two beds and she's like, OK, but. But there's um, only going to be one. <laughs> yeah. She's like, there's always just one bed. And he's like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> what do you I mean? Book, always? I booked two beds. He's like, I can show you the receipt. <laughs> <laughs> it is really funny. And I actually laughed out loud multiple times reading this book. It was Same. it was very her, funny. Her inner monologue is like one of my favorite things about this book because like it is just very similar to the way I think. And like that cracked me up. And so I do feel like I shared some like similarities there with her, but also some stuff I was just like, you're being a dumb bitch, like stop it. But yeah. And that kind of comes back to the miscommunication trope, which we we don't love. And we've talked about that before. 
But all of these times when, you know, they were both secretly pining for each other, if one of them had just goddamn said, like, you're hot, I want to date you for real. Multiple times, it was like, Adam started to say something, and then he got cut off, and it's just like, God damn it, Adam. I like, know. Just Can't you just be like, Jeremy, actually, Adam was about to say like, something. Can you step out for a second? <laughs> like, it's not that hard. <laughs> yeah, it is. Or like- if he literally had just, like, asked her out any of the three years that he's been watching her, because that was weird to me, too, was that, like... Holden was like, yeah, he's been like, he he's like, you guys have known each other for a while, right? And she was like, no, like, uh, the, we just started hanging out like a couple of weeks ago. And he's like, no, like this dude's known you for three years. And she's like, no, he certainly hasn't. He was and like, Holden's like, shit, shit, shit. Holden's like, hey, man, what much. the fuck? Like, you've been like talking about this girl. Like, you, like, you know, her deep, dark secrets. Like, you know what she likes to eat. And you've never talked to her before. You know Holden called that MF her up right after he left that conversation with Olive. He's like, like dog, what the fuck? me? <laughs> because um, Olive even said, like, when she met Tom and when she met Holden, she was like, you didn't tell them that this was a fake relationship. And he was like, no. <laughs> and it's because, no, because they, they think it was real for him. him. <laughs> it's because they know that I'm in love with you already. That was, like, uh, kind of a red flag for me, like, not it a red weird. flag it's weird though right because it's like when she was like yeah like I need you to fake him he's like yeah fucking twist my arm I guess <laughs> yeah it's like a it's like a pink flag um yeah it's like it's not a hard no. concerning but like not yeah the but I do wish that they had like talked about it more because I feel like it was never really like yeah like we got a mentioned like that's not normal behavior <laughs> Yeah, an adult man. I, I oh <laughs> yeah, and let's talk about the fact that these are adults, and this situation is these not are at very least mature. twenty six to twenty eight year old adults. Adam's in yeah. his thirties. Yeah, and they're acting like like this is. I mean, if you guys haven't seen to all the boys I loved before, which is like a little Netflix, like well, it is a book. I didn't read the book. I've only seen the movies. Um, which read it. Shame on me. Shame on me. <laughs> um, but it is a very good Netflix adaptation. Very cute. And it has a similar fake dating trope. But they're in high school. Like, it makes sense in high school. That's appropriate behavior for children. <laughs> um, you act like an idiot when you are in high school. But well, um, and like... I don't know that's like a bone I have to pick with like Allie Hazelwood I think in general because like if you've read any of her other stuff like all of it is based off of like scientists in general like it's all science-based because she herself did like her like a graduate program and like started a PhD program I believe and was going to do academia and ended up becoming an author and so she's very familiar with like the world of academia and science um but like all of her books that she writes it's like she makes the characters just like painfully awkward and it's like I feel like that's a poor representation of people who like are in a PhD program because they are not all like socially inept like weirdos like she's portraying them to be that is very much just like a a stereotype and like maybe they'd be more likely to be a little weird if they're at a super competitive program like Stanford or Harvard like potentially I I don't know (laughs) but it's just like 
like all she was like I was like I've just never enjoyed being with others and blah 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 and it's like okay cool like you get maybe you're asexual I don't know but then Adam's like yeah you'd be surprised like I don't I have I don't sleep with women blah 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 and I'm just like okay yeah. like sure like I did think that was that was weird and we'll talk more about that in the when we talk about the sex scene because I have I have some complaints um I have a list of grievances Oh, by the way, I saw that you put, um, you wanted to know more about our boy, Adam, and um, how his character felt incomplete. So I also wish that there had been a dual point of view or something like else about him. You can actually find a dual point of view from the night that they get together on Allie Hazelwood's website. If you sign up for her newsletter, she'll send you his arc for free. I will be doing that. It's really good. (laughs) Yeah, I will follow up with you on that because I was like... I get Adam's personality. He's grumpy. He's moody. He's, you know, only sweet with Olive and his closest friends. Like, I get that about him. But I don't really know any of his likes beyond science. I don't know any of his dislikes beyond pumpkin spice. Um, And I just was like, what else? Because we get so much about Olive. And obviously, they're getting to know each other. But it, it just seems like... I don't know. Like maybe Olive knows well, him better than we do or something. And it's like they like gave us a little bit about it, but I just wish they had like expanded on it cuz like you got so much about him like being the child of two diplomats and like how he traveled the world as a child and like how Holden did the same thing and that's very interesting. And I wish we had gotten more about that because I feel like that really shaped who he was as a person. Yeah, he actually seems like a like a very interesting man <laughs> and yeah. It was, like, more focused on Olive, which, like, I get it. She's the main character. She's the main character, yeah. But, yeah, I will be reading that in her newsletter then. Um, I also think we may or may not have mentioned the grumpy sunshine trope. I love that. It's one of my favorites. And that is this book. It's also my favorites. Yeah. so so cute. cute. I love it. I love men who are assholes, but not to the women they love. Same. Uh, Ugh. delicious (laughs) i eat that Um, shit up i do also want to talk about the importance of women in stem which is something that ali hazelwood really tries to bring light to as well um and pretty much at like every single one of her novels or novellas and like i said she has a, a big background in stem and in you know the science field in general um and so I really like that she wrote in like Ann's character and how she um, was like a big compo- or like supporter of um, women in STEM and like she had like the whole rallies and stuff. And at the end of the book, she actually has like a whole portion like dedicated to like where you can go to look into like how you can support women in STEM and like how you can get involved with it too, which I thought was really neat. Absolutely. That was very cool. And I love that Allie herself, you know, began her career in academia that I didn't know that about her, which I mean, it is pretty evident in her writing that she's super familiar with it. Um, For those of you who don't know, my bachelor's degree is in biology, which, you know, is not like, (laughs) like anyone can do that. Let's be honest. If you, uh, (laughs) if you put your mind to it, Um, but I am currently um, in a PharmD program, which I will say has quite a bit of of representation for women that actually there are more female pharmacists than there are male um, in the United States, which is 
Um, I think it's been that way for a while. Yeah. Now, there are less female pharmacists in positions of leadership than there are men. So that is something obviously that there's room for improvement, but yeah, the, there's really like in the, in the pharmacy field, I don't see a whole lot of that discrimination firsthand in general, though it is an issue. Yeah. I mean, it made me think of my younger sister who is, um, for those who don't know, she is in an engineering program and it is very much like a male dominated field. And so it's, it's always really cool to see like strong female characters, like in that type of position, because a lot of women don't think they can do jobs in STEM and, or have careers in STEM and they can. So yeah, we do. We love I just Allie's. wanted to shout that out. Deminist, as she calls them, which I think is cute. Her Deminist novels and novellas. Um, now that we've talked about everything that we love about Allie, we're going to talk about some things that <laughs> we wish she... fucking weird. <laughs> I wish she had not. Okay, these mostly revolve around the sex scene. Um, a lot okay, that happened. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. There are parts that I loved, but... There were so many parts that I did not love. It overshadowed the good parts. Yeah, I was knocked off my rocker. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so (laughs) he is at one point, um, they have already like kind of decided to go for it at this point. It says he fits her entire breast in his mouth, which, okay. She's not large chested, to be fair. She's not large chested. Well, I hope not if if he's putting... The entire breast. It's just like, God, he just like unlocked his jaw like an anaconda. (laughs) (laughs) I would hate to witness it. Oh my God. If anyone ever tried to do that to me, I would say no, thank you. Like personally, you don't have to put the whole thing in there. (laughs) You know what? The only part that you really need to put in there is the sensitive parts. That's correct. uh, Just leave the rest alone. It ain't the whole boob. (laughs) It ain't the whole boob. Um, ask your mother if you have questions, um, or a trusted friend. (laughs) (laughs) Don't ask Reddit. Don't ask Reddit though, because don't don't lie to you. Men are liars. Yeah. Yeah, So another issue. Okay. Olive came out. She took a shower. She borrowed a t-shirt of his, like it was super cute. It was an oversized tee and she had that on and her, her knee socks, which queen pop off wear your knee socks absolutely she was just planning to yeah and she was just there to chill she was planning to watch a movie so like absolutely but that was the only thing she was wearing during sex were her knee socks socks that had unicorns on them yeah yeah it's like you wouldn't have taken two seconds to like peel those bad dads off like so it gets worse (laughs) she acknowledges it after they've had their round one, she acknowledges, she's like, sorry about the socks. Like, I guess that could have been a turnoff. And he's like, nah. And he, I love that shit. She, she had said, or no, he, she's like, I know it's I a controversial know. topic. Yes. That's what it was. She said it was controversial. And he was like, yeah. And like joking. And it's like, what if they're covering like horribly deformed toes? And so he takes her socks off. And I'm pretty sure parts of her foot go into his mouth, if I'm not mistaken. He, like, licks, like, her instep or something like that or, like, kisses. I don't know. I'm, like, just so against people putting feet, like, anywhere near their mouths that, like, I can't handle it. 
And maybe we're the problem. Like maybe everyone else. I don't know. It just just, grosses me out. (laughs) Yeah. I can't believe it's true. I don't think the majority of people like mouths near feet. Like I just know how gross my feet are. And like, I cannot imagine anyone putting that in there. Like, I I don't know. I guess the only thing that like makes it like, you know, her feet weren't gross is because she She had socks on. Well, she showered right before too, before she put her socks on. So her feet like could not have been cleaner. But what if she hadn't taken the time to like clip her toenails or like, well, moisturize her feet? I don't know. I, I, I don't, don't know. know. It didn't. Get <laughs> I <up>. can't. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! What if she was hurting for a pedicure? I'm sorry, but yeah. What if she had just truly gnarly toes? <laughs> well, th- I mean, that's what she said she was hiding, and he was like, "Oh yeah, there." Let hideous. me see him. <laughs> Um, show me them toes <laughs> sorry adam that's ten dollars uh, yeah you gotta pay extra for that my boy um another thing that just like really kept taking me out of it is the amount of times that they were going back and forth yes because like i what i did love i loved like the verbal like asking for consent like that was hot when he was like can i can fuck i you? fuck you <laughs> yeah like, like yeah sir, you can yeah like <laughs> absolutely love that what was not hot was the amount of times that they were like wishy-washy and like well one of them would freak out and be like are you sure you want to and that like it just like it kept ruining the momentum and they were still having a good time so I guess it's fine but like for me (laughs) as the reader (laughs) no what pissed me off was that like first of all I guess Olive is just like not overly like experienced in this field which she said that too she like has a hard time finding attraction but anytime like she was like getting turned on she immediately was like oh god better stop and I was like why yeah like I I guess guess it panicked her I don't really know or she's like I don't know ultimately like they did both want to have sex with each other and they did but there was a whole lot of like take five whole pages of like is this okay yeah that's okay is this okay yeah it's okay it's like I yeah ah, god just do it and like if you're gonna do something like weird like I get asking again but like everything they were doing was pretty standard fair if you ask me also, you know what was wild to me, which I don't typically care, but it's like she's super inexperienced, right? Like never has sex. He barely has sex. And so the fact that she was so scared to like have sex, but then he was like, hey, I don't have a condom. She's like, oh, it's okay. Oh, oh she's like, oh, okay. Like, cool. <laughs> I guess. I did have a problem with that. And I forgot about that. Not because I thought that was well, so strange. They both were like fine with it because they like. She was on birth control and like, yeah, there was no way they would like have an STI. But like my issue is just like, why did we write that in? Like why? We could have just easily irresponsible. (laughs) You could either like just have no mention of a condom at all. And I probably wouldn't have noticed just because like, you know, they're going for it. But a similar thing happens in like one of her novellas too. And I was just like, that is not cute to me I don't know like I don't recommend like just actively choosing not to wear a condom with someone that you've like only been with for like a month-ish and the month of you being together wasn't even like you were like like, intimate at all 
Yeah. So like, I don't recommend that. I get where they were coming from, like their reasoning for why it was fine. But like, I just feel like we just didn't need it. Zero to 60. She's like, yeah, fucking go into it without anything. It's like, okay. You're absolutely right. She's like, I never have sex, but yeah, we don't need a condom. Yeah. You don't have to wrap it. Like, okay. The last thing that just absolutely sent me to the fucking moon. I was dead when I read this. And I think I forgot that I read it the first time around. But I like had to like lay the book down and come back to it. But <laughs> like whatever. Okay, so okay, so Adam's like super into going down on her, right? Like thought that was the greatest gift to man, which I, I appreciate that. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and so he goes down on her, then they bang. And so, like I said, didn't have a condom. So he comes in her and then they wanted to go round two. And she was like, no, I'm all sticky. And he said, don't worry, I'll clean you up myself. And I wanted to peel my own skin off because then yeah. he goes back down on her again. And yeah. I don't know. So I could have been, I could have been fine with it if. He wasn't super into licking himself off of her. I'm trying to think of like a way that I would have written it better, but like maybe just not having him come in her. No, maybe just because he said, condo. not only was he like, hey, let me, let me help you out. No, that's not even better. But he was like, shh, I've got it. Like, <laughs> I told her to be quiet. Shush her. Was it's like, like that Lord concert where she's like, the live performance that where a lord like was singing the crowd. <laughs> and then proceeded to give the worst performance I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Except apparently Adam does give a good performance um, whenever he does. I don't know. That <laughs> took me out of the book so hard. I was just like, I what agree. the fuck? I did, I did take issue with that, but I'm like, it would have been, it would have been if no if there's no only, better way to write that well i'm just like if only he had worn a condom the first time then you it wouldn't have, have been a problem worry about. so like ali if you're listening first Baby of all <laughs> liked your book loved it can't wait to read more um just have them wear condoms every time or just don't mention it and or pretend like they wore just a condom be like he was really nice and got up and got her a towel and wiped her off and then they had sex again that's cool yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah. licked myself off of her. Yeah, that kind of just makes my tummy hurt. And like, <laughs> I, I can't speak from personal experience because like, I would never. I'm not a man who could, who could come into someone and then lick it up. But I don't think I would. Do I don't it. think I would. No, I think I would get a towel. I think you're right. Or you know what? Just have that quick shower. Go shower together. <laughs> Just do that. Do that. I don't know. Well, I don't like, know. Maybe, maybe if you're in, okay, if you're into that, I'm sorry. Like you keep doing you, and that's totally fine. But like for me, just the way it was written, I was just like, I think it's specifically the shushing. He's like, baby girl, like, don't even talk anymore. Like say less. <laughs> I will take care of you. <laughs> um, actually, shut oh the fuck God. up. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna clean this mess I'm up not with done. my mouth. <laughs> It's like the Tyler, um, the creator thing, when he like shushes the girl while he's like on her cook show. I don't know if you've seen uh, that TikTok. Yes, I have. I'm not. Oh done. my god. So now that we've like torn it apart, let's talk about the good parts of the sex scene because there were some. Um, what a dominating man our Adam is. 
What a dominating man. So when they're first making out, Olive like remembers their first kiss together because he like touches her rib cage and she remembers that he did that during their first kiss. And so she kind of like says that to him and he's like, okay, but so he like licks up her rib cage and like bites it. And he's like here. And she like, Which doesn't respond. Like it would kind of hurt. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure he wasn't Maybe like not. vampiring it up, but um yeah, so he's like asking here and she's not responding. And so he says, pay attention, sweetheart. I, like my soul left my body. <laughs> Goodbye. I was in outer space. And that is the moment the book took a turn for the best. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> okay. Like we're getting a full scene here. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's here. It's here. Because you've been waiting all book for this. Yeah, because up to then, like, you had super cute moments where she, like, sits on his lap or she, like, gives him a kiss or, like, puts sunscreen on him. You're like, wow, how PG of you. Like, this is very sweet and all. But then all of a sudden, he's just, like, pay attention. I was like, oh, God, okay. I know. Which, by the way, during the synopsis, we did forget to talk about. Yeah, so Yeah, so Tom was, like, giving a talk at the school at one point, and it was super crowded. And there were no seats. So on told Olive, oh, you can just sit on your boyfriend's lap. And at the time they were like fake dating still. So it was super like awkward at first, but Olive was actually like, oh, I'm, I'm into this. And I think so was Adam. And then an- at another point, he like pushes a car out of the parking lot because they had stalled. Randomly, <laughs> and he just like <laughs> pushes it. And so on is like, oh, Olive, go give your boyfriend a kiss. Like he earned it. What a big so strong she- man she kisses him like in front of the people that are in the parking lot um well and he was about to like risk it all in that parking lot too like she was just like trying to give him a little peck and he was like going in for it and she's like okay see you later yeah i know like he was ready to risk it all at any given moment but olive is like no he likes someone else i just know it um so (laughs) we also already kind of mentioned he does ask multiple times can I fuck you? And I was like, that is very direct. And I, I, I like the directness <laughs> of it. I was like, oh, like, I think I kind of like shook my head a little bit because I was like, where am I? <laughs> um, I did. I loved that. And um, also, I just got to say, like, whenever she was wearing the green underwear. Okay. Oh, my so, God. Like, I know. Originally, he had said his favorite color is black. And she's like, I don't know. That's like, a real color. That's boring. Like, why not, like, green? I don't know. She said, like, vomit green or something goofy. But, like, she was, like, kind of... They were having one of their wishy-washy moments. And here's the only time I liked it. And here's why. They were having a wishy-washy moment. And Olive is like, I want to. Like, I, I want to sleep with you. And he's like, I think I've changed my mind. And she's like... Oh, like, (laughs) oh, shit. And he's like, I think green is my favorite color because she's wearing green panties. I was like, oh, (laughs) I was like, so, yeah, that's the only time I was like there for the wishy washy. That could have been the only time it was in and I would have been happy. But other than that, like fantastic book. (laughs) Fun, fun, fun. Oh, real quick. One other thing I wanted to mention and then we can move off of it. Um, 
did you think it was weird that she just like introduced random characters and like had no back like with Holden like Holden played a role in the end of it but it was weird that we didn't know it was his best friend till the end of the book and then he just happened to end up with uh Malcolm and then they went on that super fucking weird like double date when they could have been like talking about their feeling like obviously there was so much that Adam and Olive needed to unpack when he got off the plane and they're like no let's go get Thai food and it's like how about we don't read the room yeah I absolutely do because when we were doing the synopsis we kind of mentioned it but I even thought about mentioning how unnecessary that double date was yeah um I thought that Malcolm and Holden getting together in general was unnecessary I think she just wanted to have like diversity and she's like yeah might as well slap these two characters together I guess, but it's just weird that they were all like, there were so many connections, I think is what, because Jeremy and Ann were together from the same department. And then Malcolm started dating another professor at the school. Like, why are you all dating each other? It's kind of what I was like. Yeah. And like, I get for the sake of simplicity, like making the connections really easy and stuff, but um, yeah, definitely not realistic. And I feel like Malcolm was like kind of lusting after Holden the whole book, but like, why did we go from zero to a hundred? Like, why did they finally sleep together? And they're like, oh yes, we're getting married now. Like, yeah, it's not like, like they didn't literally propose marriage, but they were like, we're in love. But like, they literally slept with each other once. And like, all of a sudden, he's like, yeah, this is my boyfriend. He met my parents last night. We're going back to his apartment to walk his dog and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. I was just like, you just met each other. Yeah, I didn't like that. Like I was yesterday. like, if you really wanted there to be a gay couple in the book, you could have just written them in separately. Well, and like, I you didn't feel have like to that make was just whole... very, like, very stereotypical, like, gay couple because like there's like a huge stereotype against like lesbian couples too where it's like a moving truck yeah they move in together immediately and blah blah blah. and so I don't know I didn't love that but yeah I do agree and I definitely like it I don't think it was meant to be like um, like harmful in any way but it was just it didn't add anything to the book in my opinion like we could have had those characters separately and had them not to be together romantically and it wouldn't like have she could have just anything. run into Holden in the hallway rather than Malcolm being like, "Don't worry, I have a boyfriend." It's like, no, you don't, because you slept with him once. And but yeah, carry on. Yeah, and the thing is, like, there was another point in the book where she ran into Holden in the hallway because yeah, like, he works at the same school that she's a student at. He's so, at like, the same very... conference you're at. <laughs> yeah, he is. So yeah, I agree. It was just like unnecessary, but it was fine. It didn't take away from anything. It just didn't add yeah. anything. I just thought it was weird. I agree but with you. Altogether, very good book. It was cute. If you want a, a nice quick read, like a palate cleanser between series, then <laughs> I would definitely recommend it. If you need a palate cleanser between extremely lengthy fantasy, like or just dark, like some super series. dark, twisted, like reverse harem novels, then. Oh, wait, are we just describing ourselves? No, um, that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no one else does that? I don't okay. know. Yeah, I would recommend this book, definitely. It was super cute. It was just like a feel-good book. Um, You knew there was going to be a happy ending because it was prophesized in the beginning. Absolutely. And 
Oh, we did kind of like forget to mention, but this book um, actually has origins as a Raylo fanfic. Which I um, love. <laughs> yes. So um, Allie Hazelwood kind of started off, she wrote like Star Trek and Star Wars fanfics, apparently. I, I don't know much about it. I didn't read any of her original work, but apparently the original Raylo fanfic was titled Head Over Feet. And um, on mentions the phrase head over feet at the end, whenever Olive finally confesses to on that, like she actually likes Adam for real, but they had been fake dating on says that she's head over feet for him. And I thought that was super cute. Um, but yeah, like it originally, and that makes sense that it was a Raylo fanfic because grumpy sunshine, like they are <laughs> basically that. Not- picture I don't know in my head I didn't want to picture him as Adam Driver though was the only thing like Mm -hmm. in my head he did not look like Adam Driver and I know he was supposed to be based off of him but like I just couldn't do it yeah I think like for me because I can't truly picture people when I'm reading like yeah I kind of just like on the front cover of the book there's a little like fan art of them that like shows how they're supposed to look and I like I don't know I was just like yep that's what they look like that's how they look (laughs) (laughs) which I don't even think it ever like gives a a description of how Olive looks I think um the only messy hair hair. but yeah she she does have a cute little messy bun on the front cover it's that lab hair I feel that (laughs) Lab hair, don't care. Um, but that wraps up a love hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood. And up next, we're going to have a mini sew covering all of the hot releases from Book Talk this year. Woo-hoo. Super exciting! So yes, tune in with us. And as always, let's get lit.